The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931 381 2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good Monday morning and welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. I'm Chris Yao and we are back on this Monday morning after missing you on Friday. We do apologize, but we are here. Mo Patton along with me and JP Plant. Mo, good morning. It is, uh, it's Monday, but we're back. We are back and it's good to be back. Um, although I do have to say a three-day weekend wasn't the worst thing. <laughs> especially those three days specifically i mean yeah. let's be honest we're, yeah. we're talking about friday where college football was prevalent and uh we, we got a lot we, we got got to watch a lot of football this weekend it was a lot of fun which gives us a lot to talk about today it certainly does it certainly does yeah we we apologize for missing with you on friday unfortunately we uh we had some quarantining and other production issues that we could not get the show to happen, but that's okay. Um, we are back, but we will only be back Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week because obviously whoa, Thursday whoa, whoa, and whoa. Friday. Stop, 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 stop. What's that? Are we back Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? I mean, it's... Uh, Oh, are, are we not doing Wednesday's show? I don't think I we're don't doing Wednesday's show. I mean, it's not like we're going to have a whole lot to talk about. I don't think we are. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we make an executive decision. We're back to Dan and <laughs> we, we had a vote on that, Chris. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we had a vote on that. And you, and I guess you lost then. I don't know. I, but. <laughs> either way, we're not going to be on the air much of this week due to it's Christmas. I it mean, is Christmas. What are we going to do? It's Christmas. So we will certainly be uh, hoping that you're spending lots of quality time with your family. As to the extent possible. I will be spending as much quality time with my wife as possible because we will be here together. As much as she allows. <laughs> with nowhere to go. <laughs> and nothing oh, to taste. Man. And, and nothing. <laughs> Nothing's wow. a double It's brutal. Wow. It, um, I can't imagine. Yeah, you know, we we did have a lot of it. It was okay. Like I, we did our Christmas dinner on Saturday that we were supposed to have with our friends, and it, Sarah said everything tasted delicious. So I guess <laughs> between, <laughs> between wow. the two of us, yeah, between the two of us, we uh, you know, we we cooked up a pretty good storm. I don't know. It was had a, had a a nice brown sugar glazed ham and did um bacon and brown sugar brussels sprouts which mo is skeptical of but i think they would be delicious i'm highly skeptical of anything that ends in brussels sprouts look there's nothing wrong with brussels sprouts he's got to add some uh 
had some bacon greasing, like bacon greasing, yeah. brown sugar. That's Absolutely. the only. <laughs> I tell you what, that, that that sounds like an interesting combination in and of itself. Just bacon grease and brown sugar, but um. Well, I mean, you got a crumpled might, bacon on top of it, <laughs> and I might I might be inclined to check it out with something else. He would at least try it, and that's good enough for me. That's all you can ask. That's all you can ask. I mean, if it's not any good, if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, we made some. I made my my famous corn casserole, but it was not. It apparently, wasn't as good as Thanksgiving. So I don't know. It's because you couldn't taste it during the process. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a struggle, but you know, it, we got it done, and it was it was a you know, a good Saturday because I got to watch three or four football games, and Friday night I got to watch our our buddy from Independence High School show off his punting skills. That was nice. What was that kid's name again? I forget. Uh, Kyle Greenwell. There we go. Yeah. That guy needs to be playing in uh, in in the league. Seriously, well, it sounds I mean, as if he's going to give himself that opportunity. After Friday night on national television, where he, I think he averaged thirty nine yards, but the when you're not when you're punting from the fifty, thirty nine is good. That's <laughs> that's inside the twenty. So yeah, I mean he was putting them inside the fifteen every time. Yeah. So you you, you can't beat that. That's a that, that will give yourself an opportunity to play in the next level for sure. Oh, without question. Yeah, that's great. So proud of you that. You know, we talked we talked about it earlier this year. Um, there have been quite a few kickers from around this area over the last few years that have um, really performed at that next level and and put themselves in position to go on. I mean, we saw Trevor Daniel with the Tennessee Titans earlier this year, and things didn't always go the way he would have liked, the the former Dixon County standout. But there's a kicker down at uh, Mississippi State who's from Brentwood. Missouri had a kid from Franklin that punted for them a few years back. Obviously, the um, the Greenwell kid at UAB. Um, Brent Samaglia from Page over at UT who just um, opted out a couple of weeks ago. We've had a, a number of... Of kickers, and I don't know what there is in the water that has affected that, but um, kickers seem to be pretty plentiful around here. Hey, whatever it is, let's let's keep uh, keep it going because having good kickers is a a huge positive, especially for high school. Yeah. You know, when you've got a, a kicker that can give you an opportunity inside the the twenty twenty five yard line, you've you've got something special. So, offense, defense, and special. Exactly. Sometimes, yeah. Um, outside of that, we had the, like I said, the Conference USA Championship game. We had SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, uh, Pac twelve was on Friday night, and someone said Oregon defeated USC, which Oregon wasn't even supposed to be in the game. Washington <laughs> was supposed to be in the game, and then somehow Oregon ended up in it. I guess Washington had some COVID issues. And then Oregon won, so that just goes to show the Pac-12 North and South. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it always feels like the Pac-12 championship game is on, like, a Tuesday night. <laughs> like, for some reason, they the, the games just don't feel like they're during any prime time 
slot. It's just weird. I mean, I, I was Pac-12 watching. Dark. I was watch. Yeah, I was watching the Conference USA Championship game and didn't even realize the Pac-12 was on. So, and when you did realize it was on, you didn't switch over to it, did still you? Still didn't switch over. Nope. <laughs> well, let, sure. let's, be, let's be true. In 2020, Pac-12 is the forgotten conference for football. Well, and, and so, one, they didn't have any teams worth talking about for <laughs> for the most part. But well, two, they didn't start playing until when? Uh, mid Late October? Late October. Late, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was late. And we talked about it before the season. Would six Actually, games be enough November. to? Yeah, I think it was November. You know, we talked about would six games be enough to get the Pac-12 into the playoffs, and we said resoundingly no. But apparently, it was enough for Ohio State. So there's that. Well, everything's different for Ohio State. Yeah. Well, as, those as we those will. are things. Yeah, those are things that we will talk about mm-hmm. in depth later in the show. We do have a good show for you, though. We have. Uh, had several high school basketball games over the weekend on Friday and Saturday. We will certainly get to those as quickly as we can. And in the next segment, we'll also talk about more of those championship games and the college football playoffs later this hour. Of course, on Monday, we always have Chip Walters, and he'll join us to talk MTSU Blue Raider sports, which includes some basketball. Um. Lots of bowl games have been set and are ready to go. I think some of them start today. <laughs> I think there are bowl games today. So, yes, yeah. there is. There is a bowl <laughs> game this afternoon, two uh, thirty, Appalachian State versus North Texas from Conway Stadium, uh, Brook Stadium in Conway, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina's home. Oh, is this the Myrtle Beach Bowl? The Myrtle Beach Bowl. Can, can oh, we so, just say so, this? Go ahead. So Marty uh, Marty Smith and Ryan McGee are doing this game on oh, ESPN, yes. I do believe. Oh, that'll be fun. So the mullet I'm okay bowl. with this. <laughs> yes, the mullet bowl. <laughs> I'm okay with not going any days without football. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, let's go. I'm here that for would, it. That would be perfect if you had at least one game a day during this next two weeks. And except I, maybe just, Christmas. We, we do, except for this coming Saturday and Sunday. Uh, excuse me, except for Sunday. But are there NFL games on Saturday? There are NFL games, yep. Um, and there's, there's some bowl games on Saturday, too. Perfect. Uh, but Sunday they take the bowl games off and get right back to it. This, I'm okay with this. This is a good thing. <laughs> we will talk about some of those bowl game matchups in the next hour. And, then of course, we got to talk about the Tennessee Titans who finally get over the non-win hump. So that's exciting. But, yeah. So, again, high school And hoops, still have not clinched. Still no, still no playoffs. Anything. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. While – while Washington or somebody from the NFC East is going to host a game. You go figure. Nonetheless, plenty to talk about in this show, and we are really excited about it, and we will get back to it with high school hoops in the next segment when we come back. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. 
Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo, Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this Monday morning, the week of Christmas. It is just about there. Christmas times are coming. Santa Claus coming to town. We got, uh, we got one Christmas classic uh, for a local team that we're aware of today. Uh, as the Summertown girls will travel up to Portland and take on the Page Patriots girls team. That will for be the a, second time for the second time in yeah. about two weeks. <laughs> Hadn't been long since they played the first time. I think they played the week of Thanksgiving and oh okay. Summertown took care of business in that one, so. Should be an interesting matchup that they're going all the way to Portland for. But I think at this point, you go anywhere to get a game. Yeah. Um, that game is scheduled for uh, 3.30. 3.30? And will be available on the NFHS network. So I may I may sneak a peek at that. Watch that one. And uh, at that time, they will play at 6.30. With the opponent, obviously TBA, depending on whether they win or lose, because this is not a classic; it's a tournament. Oh, okay. Yeah. So well, they AAU to... action, multiple games in the same day. I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to Portland, you might as well get some games in. <laughs> you better get get them all in as, as in as few days as possible. Uh, if you're especially if you're, if you're going up there that time of day. And it's a heck of this is a heck of a tournament. I mean, you've got Portland, Stewart's Creek. Gordonsville, Ravenwood, Coffee County, JP2, Summertown, and Page. Now, the winner of Summertown Page plays Coffee County JP2 winner, so at 6.30. That ought to be a good one. So you could Summertown, Coffee County, prospectively. Exactly. <laughs> That's hmm. what I'm hoping for anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would be worth watching at 6.30 tonight. I'm just saying. Um. But we did have several other games throughout the the weekend, and it started with the Summit Spartans and Ravenwood. Um, Summit Boys and Ravenwood played on what was it Thursday? Friday. Friday. Yeah, that was and, and you like you said, that, that yeah, that was a boys only game, and um, it, Jim Fay after the game just said that we just we just need to get over that hump. Friday was the first time that they had 
what would pretty well be their starting lineup this season, which was all five guys from the state championship football team, Destin Wade, Caleb Jolly, Trey Hunter, Kaneda Wirtz, and Brady Pierce. And like I said, that was their first the first game that the five of them had played together. I think Trey Hunter came back um, for the previous game. But, um, you know, they look a little rusty. They look a little just, – just a little out of sync. And um, Ravenwood – now, let me, let me qualify or let me restate. I don't think Ravenwood winning had a whole lot to do with Summit being out of sync. Ravenwood's playing some really good ball right now. They won that game 58-46. Um, big game out of Jake Mulder, 16 points. Um but Ravenwood is seven and one overall and five and zero oh in district play with that win. So, big district eleven AAA win for for Ravenwood as they continue to roll. Summit falls to zero and four overall, zero and two in the district with that loss. They got six. But like I said, they they just they just look a step out of sync right now, and it, um. Just based on the box score, Mo obviously mm-hmm. wasn't there, but it, it appears that maybe some, so not depth, but just not being in basketball shape because Ravenwood mm-hmm. outscored them um, by ten in the second half. It was a two point game at halftime, right? And uh, a, a, you know, outscoring them by ten in the in the second half, especially sixteen to ten in the fourth quarter, maybe maybe just not being in basketball shape had a little bit to do with it. I would think so, and and. You know, face it, particularly defensively, said we played well enough to win. Uh, offensively, we should have never been in it. And, you know, <laughs> this may be the last time you see this team score 46 points. Uh, I mean, they've, again, there's a lot of talent out there when you see Trey Hunter bringing the ball up on the break and that kind of thing. And when you've got Marcus White and Alex Pollard coming off the bench and knocking down threes. There's some offensive talent there. It's just a matter of them getting some some playing time under their belts. And again, you know, we've talked about it. Um, none of these teams got summer league play in or camps or anything like that or preseason scrimmages. But I think mm-hmm. when you are meshing a number of football players back into the mix, like a summit, like a well. I start to say like a Fayetteville, but it doesn't seem to be affecting them. But, you know, when you had so many that are going to play such crucial minutes for you, not getting that time earlier this year, I think is having more of an impact. So I still think this Summit team is going to be one to watch as District 11 AAA play progresses. I'm curious, uh, was Keaton dressed out? Keaton was not dressed out. I think they are holding him until um, mid-January at the least. Just, spoke, just to give him to, a little more time? Yeah. Um, spoke to Steve Wade for a little bit after the game, and, and that seemed to be the indication. He will be back, but he's not going to be back for a bit. And um, <laughs> he said they tried to get Keaton to take a little time off, and, and he um, he wasn't having it, so – you know, well, you know, boys will be boys. Yeah, Keaton just gives them so much size and and, and presence inside that it make is it's going to make a lot of difference for uh, for that team going forward. Um, so, I mean, obviously, Destin gives them size as well, but he's he's a little more of a guard. 
Yeah, he's than, more of a perimeter guy. I mean, he he knocked down a three. You know, he handles the ball for him a lot. Um, works a lot out around the three point arc, that kind of thing. I think Destin is, uh, like you said, Keaton is more of a post presence, and um, you know, will certainly be beneficial to yeah. that team once he gets back because he gives them another guy in that rotation with with Caleb Jolly and, and with some of the other guys that they have because um so many of their guys are, you know, perimeter-type players like, like Wirtz and Hunter, even for his size. he I mean, he can defend down there, but offensively he's, he's kind of a, a tweener. So, you know, I'll be interested to see what this team looks like when Keaton does get back. Yeah. Um, moving on, mm-hmm. also on Friday, we had a girls classic, speaking of Summertown, uh, over at Columbia Central, where Good Pasture, Columbia Central, East Hickman, CA, Oakland, and Summertown took part in a little two-day classic. A little before Christmas classic. Just before Christmas, that's right. <laughs> Pretty original, huh? I don't. I mean, is that like the? Is that there's not a, like a, a secondary meaning to that? Do we know? No, I don't just, think so. I just think it's, it's before just before Christmas. Before Christmas, <laughs> yeah. The letter B, the number four, B four. But yeah, and it was not a very kind classic to the locals because no, no, it was not. Uh, CA Columbia Central and and Summertown all go down in that one, but um. Columbia Central playing without their most proven, um, most reliable offensive players probably. Zaniah Riley is nursing a hamstring, and they're wanting to be cautious with that. And Josie Parks um, had to sit because of contact tracing this week. So they um, they take on good pasture on Friday and fall by six. You'd like to think that – between Janiah Riley and Josie Parks, they'd have probably come up with six points somewhere. So they definitely but, wouldn't uh, have scored just thirty-five. No, I don't think so. Not the way they've been scoring here of late. No. Right. So um, Riley Ham with fourteen in the loss for for Central, including a pair of threes. So that was that was their first loss in a while, and I'm telling you, um, this yeah, is since not Hensworth. your. This is not your. Um, Older siblings, Columbia Central girls basketball team. Um, if you get a chance, get out and see them. They're fun to watch. Yeah, and also in a low-scoring affair, East Hickman beat Columbia Academy 37-29. to Maddie Lewis had 18 for Columbia Academy, but she was just about it as far as offense goes. No other Lady Bulldogs scoring more than four points. Um Two Tough to win like that. Third, yeah, two points in the third quarter. You're, you're not going to win a whole lot of ball games. Tough to win like that. Uh, Summertown falls to Oakland 56-51. Despite three players in double digits, Kaylee Campbell with a, with a team high 18, Katie Burdett with 12, and Haley Jones with 11. Um, but you know what? I, I like this. This Summertown girls basketball team kind of reminds me of those old Southern Miss teams when they were first coming into prominence. <laughs> Anyone, any place, any time. <laughs> oh yeah, they don't care. No, they they're, don't. They don't play care. anybody. Because in in uh, hats off to Katie Embry 
and the approach because all they're trying to, all they're caring about is February and March and whatever gets them ready for that. And uh, o- Oakland will certainly do that, especially when you've got you know a Claire McGowan who knocked down three three pointers in that yeah. one. Well, and and they're going to be one of the top teams in that really tough District Seven AAA over there with Riverdale and Blackman and that bunch, and um, they're going to cross over with District Eight AAA, which is Coffee County, Columbia Central, these young ladies. So, you know, again, this is this is the type game for Summertown that means a lot more in late February and March than it does in December. Also, outside of the Classic on Friday, Houston County hosted Santa Fe. And that's a long way. I, I, I finally found Houston County on a map. Are you serious? Yeah. It's, uh, Man, it's, it's, it's up there. It, it's, you, can't, you can't get to Houston County from Santa Fe. You have to go to Clarksville to start, literally. I mean, <laughs> it... it um, I went up there a couple of years ago when Kalioka played up there in the opening round of the um, of the region tournament. The first time I had been to Aaron, and it it feels if if you don't know where you're going, which I didn't, it feels like you're driving off the edge of the earth. It really does. It's um, so it's it's a tough place to get to, and it's a tough place to play once you do, as Santa Fe found out, falling seventy nine twenty. So, yeah, but still missing, uh, you know. Two very important players, the uh, Lady Wildcats are, and Emmy Bates, their leading scorer on the season. She is still out, although from a, from what I understand, all tests have come back at Santa Fe for uh, COVID and all are negative. So they'll be good to go and keep playing after the Christmas holidays. But Houston County had five players in double figures in this one. Uh, Hit nine threes. Nine threes, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a, it, it's hard to beat teams who can knock down the long ball like that. Well, unless you're independence. Yeah. A couple well, of days ago, uh, a few, I guess it was one night. Centennial and one by ten. Yeah, yeah, they gave up. I think it was, a, was it 11? No, it was 17. 17. Oh, they won by ten. Yeah, but That's yeah, they gave. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, go figure. That's, but yeah, typically when you when you're approaching double <laughs> digits in three pointers, you're giving yourself a pretty good shot. Another um, another big game on Friday, Columbia Central boys played over at Lebanon in the Riverdale Warrior Classic. Yes. At Lebanon in the Riverdale Warrior Classic and lost to Christ Presbyterian Academy. And noteworthy in that one was that was the 400th career victory for CPA coach Drew Maddox. So congratulations to him. Um, Q Martin with 18 points in that vic- in that loss for Columbia Central. Braden Moore with 18 points for CPA in the win. So Central falls despite seven threes because CPA hit 11. <laughs> there you go. Live by the three, die by the three. Hit, hitting seven is good until the other team hits hit, eleven. Yeah, hitting eleven is better. Yeah, yeah. I tell they you hit what, seven, they hit seven on Saturday and it didn't help either. Yeah, 
This um this CPA team can really spread you out because they've got so many different guys that can shoot it from out there. And this Braden Moore kid in particular, he's about six five, six six. He I mean he he comes on the floor looking like a post presence, but then they hit him on the trail three and he knocks it down from the top. So, you know, they're they're pretty tough to deal with and um have been for a long time. So and again, congratulations to Coach Maddox. Yeah, you don't get four hundred you don't get four hundred wins without being tough to deal with for a long time. You you don't just look up 400 <laughs> times. Well, unless you're uh, that coach I was always telling you about back home that got 500 wins and two-thirds of them were West Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes play it's the, who you play, huh? Play the same team five times in a year. You know, you, you rack up Lord. wins pretty quick. Good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Um, and like you said, Central hits 7-3 threes on Saturday against Riverdale as action moved back to Riverdale and the Lions fell 67-58 to the host Warriors in that one. Omari Franklin, who had been out earlier this week with a um, strained hip flexor, came back. He played sparingly in that Friday night game. He scored a team high, game high, 23 points with four threes in that loss on Saturday. Um, Q Martin and the freshman Jordan Davis with 10 each for the Lions. Yeah, Riverdale kind of spread their scoring out a little bit. Had uh, Maddox Bodenhamer, Santonio McDaniel, and Trayvon Bass all had 10. And uh, Elijah Buckner had 11, but they were led by Damon Fan with 17. So they they definitely spread the, spread the love over there, the Warriors do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you get five guys in double figures like that, that's going to kind of make you tough to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. Defensive coaches hate to see that kind of thing because they don't really know who to key on. So, Right. Central girls got back on track on Saturday. They defeated Siegel 55-44 with a big win there. They were led by Riley Ham with 12 points. Emma Hughes had 10 um, despite giving up seven threes, including five to AZ Bell, who had 23, came out 23 points for Siegel. Boy, you, you knock down five threes, you, you you can shoot that thing. Yeah, yeah, especially against, um, again, Central's defense. That I don't know, I guess maybe having seen them over the past three or four years, I've been really impressed with, with Pretty much everything they've been doing here, and and they don't really have a great presence in the middle, so they really have to get after you with their with their speed and get out in the passing lanes and that kind of thing. And they've been been doing a pretty good job of that. I um, I really expect them to to be impactful in District Eight AAA once they really swing into that schedule continuously after the break. I definitely expect them to be uh, to have an impact in that eight triple A, in eleven triple A. It Speaking appears of impacts. That, yeah, it appears that Spring Hills girls may have a bigger impact than they have in the past, as they get a forty four forty two win on the road at Brentwood on Saturday behind Cole Alderson's seventeen points. Yeah, Cole Alderson with seventeen, Prairie Stedman with another twelve, um, Sierra Stedman with six, 
And I think that's going to kind of be the, the trio for them. They they bring some size, particularly with Alderson in the middle. She's a presence in there. And, and as we were saying, if you can just um, – if she can just turn and put it up, she's going to give Spring Hill an opportunity to um, – to beat some folks, and I think that's kind of going to be the case. You can find all of the information we just talked about in this segment on sm-tnsports.com. And we've got several story, full story on that Summit Ravenwood game. We've got box scores from the rest of those, and we will continue to uh, keep you updated throughout the week on any other games that that may take place. Um, including those two summertime games today. So we'll let you know how those go. You can follow us on SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter, and uh, we'll have box scores for you on the website, sm-tnsports.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the college football playoff matchups and uh, talk about what we saw in those championship games we watched over the weekend on our three-day weekend. So... We'll be back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, right after this. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, 13 minutes to the top of the hour here. We appreciate you joining us on... WKOM 1017 FM or on the podcast, SM-TN Sports Today, wherever you get your podcast. If you missed any part of the show, you can rehear it anytime. Go back and listen to any other previous episodes as well. Find out how dumb we sounded when we predicted games such as these championship games we saw. There were some games that weren't championship games also, by the way, uh, at least one Texas A&M and Tennessee, which was, as expected, A&M a 34-13 winner. Though Tennessee gave them all they wanted in the first quarter and a half. It's always that last four minutes of the first half and first four minutes of the second half that get you. <laughs> is what it is, though. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, though, we did have several championship games, including SEC AAC, the what conference is that? Is it is it Mountain West or is that what Boise State and San Jose Correct. State played for? Mountain yes. West. And A- ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, Pac Twelve, Cusa, 
Conference USA was on Friday. Um, big, I mean, really, uh, really an interesting weekend of football because obviously Oklahoma was up big on Iowa State, and Iowa State came back, had a chance to win the game late. Northwestern was beating Ohio State at uh, halftime thanks to a beautiful interception at the end of the first half, and then Northwestern did not score again, and Ohio State mm-hmm. pretty well dominated the second half of that one. But, yeah, just, you know, and then, of course, Cincinnati with a, a last-second field goal to to win the AAC and earn that championship. So there were some pretty good ball games. I am um... – I guess I paid other than other than Alabama, Florida. I played le- paid less attention to the championship games. I um enjoyed that LSU game. The LSU Ole Miss game was a lot of fun. Yeah, like yeah. seriously, that was that was a- as good of a game as you could have wanted for a non championship. Although I will inter- say. Yeah, the SEC games did. They they started looking like Big Twelve games there. <laughs> yeah, and I've got a friend who who reminds me that you know when when we talk about the Big Twelve, we talk about their lack of defense, and then when we talk about the SEC and games like that, it's great offense, and it's it's a it's a little hypocritical. But you know, we we well, do have our I, SEC buys. <laughs> I mean. It it is hypocritical. Don't get me wrong, because obviously, we know Ole Miss and LSU don't have very good defenses. We feel like Alabama has a pretty good defense, right. but I mean, I guess we'll find out later. But you know, Florida has proven time and again their defense isn't great. Uh, hmm. That being said, you're I mean they're they're not wrong. You know, Mississippi State gets a fifty one thirty two win over Missouri. It's, it, it is a little hypocritical. But I, I mean, that being said, this Alabama offense is just sickening. They're machine-like. I mean, sickening. I, I, it, it's just unreal to watch three guys who could be in the Heisman conversation, you know, on one team. Easily, easily. I mean, if you. If you spread Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and, and Najee Harris out over three teams, all three of them could be Heisman f- favorites. It, what do you do with a team that has a 418-yard four, passer, 178-yard rusher, 184-yard receiver? <laughs> that's, that's insane. You better have a good offense to keep them off the field. Well, Florida had a pretty good one in the second half and had a decent defense. Stopped them, held them scoreless in the third quarter. How about Kyle Pitts announcing yesterday that he is opting out of the bowl and going to concentrate surprising. on getting ready for the draft? Yeah, I don't think that's surprising at all. I will say this. Kadarius Tony, as I said on Twitter, is virtually uncoverable. <laughs> And, I mean, if, if the guy was any bigger, he'd be as dangerous as anybody in the, in the country. But dude was fantastic on Saturday. 
He's he he's gonna only continue to get better. Uh, this Florida team has an opportunity to be good for a while. We'll see how good they are. But Chris, I want to pipe in about Tony real quick. I think if he were bigger, he wouldn't be as effective. Does he not remind you of hmm. uh, Hill on Kansas City on the Chiefs? Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek yeah. Hill. I mean, you know, there's something to be said for that size that you can weave your way in and out and be as nimble and as quick. Um, I think he uses his size to an advantage or lack thereof. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Notre Dame and Clemson played. Well, one of them <laughs> played. And they had a game. You know, for the first time. There was a time, game. Yeah, for the first time, I rooted for Notre Dame because Clark Lee of Vanderbilt was pulling for, for him. Um, and it didn't go so well. How'd that work for you? Yeah, didn't go so well. Well, yeah. and, and and I have to give JP credit because he, he said it. You know, Notre Dame's going to get in no matter what. And I thought there's no way, especially getting blown out 34-10. Are you kidding me? Oh, don't and you're going to put them in the playoffs? Lunches? Don't we have um, – we've got some lunch to um, – I think so, yeah. I think we. Yeah. I think I owe you a steak and no, uh, some brisket. I, no, I, I think we both owe him. Yep. Yeah, he, he gets two lunches mm-hmm. from yeah. us. Yep. Yeah, he gets to eat twice. <laughs> but it, does, it doesn't make any sense. This is the absolute just trash can juice of all trash can juice is putting Notre Dame in at number four after that thrashing they took. Tell me I'm wrong. So that they can take another thrashing. Yeah, I mean it's because not if that's be what better, Clemson did to them, just wait. And it's going to be glorious to, to watch. To be devil's advocate on that point, all right. Notre Dame's only loss is to Clemson, who at the time was number three, a team they beat when they were number two or number mm-hmm. one. No. Um, if we're going, if we're going to talk about the, if we're going to talk about beating Clemson, we got to talk all about beating Clemson. Uh They beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, with a freshman quarterback in overtime in South at home. That's true. Um, They still won though. Their their only loss is Clemson. (laughs) I'm just telling you. You know, you you can you can go through every game and and find uh, things that would have, should have, could have. Yeah, but you can't find the number one overall draft pick anywhere else. That's true. Texas Not being AM's, on the field. Um, yeah, the freshman quarterback still threw for over 400 yards in that game. Exactly. Uh, Texas <laughs> <A&M>. Right. <laughs> Texas A&M's only loss to Alabama. Now, the uh, – and it was, what, a 21, 22-point loss? Uh, 28, 52-24. Okay, Clemson's loss is by 24. Um, so, they're similar. In and, their most recent outing. Correct. Now, I grant you that. Um but I'm I'm just I'm just again playing devil's advocate. I'm not advocating for the devil's advocate. I'm just. Playing. I mean, we're talking about okay. Texas A&M beat Vanderbilt by five points. Well, yeah, what, Notre what Dame. Is their, beat, what is their best win? Florida. Oh yeah, easily. And and Clemson's best win. I mean Notre Dame's. Or best Notre win Dame's. Is what? Clemson. Well, if if you take Clemson out because again overtime at home, it's North Carolina. And look at hey. But they also only good. beat Louisville twelve to seven. So, I mean, you can't – if we're comparing well, wins and losses, A&M only that's – Vanderbilt by like seven points, too. Five. Five. That's what I'm saying. See? The, the two, mean, that's why I'm saying they're equal, except that Texas A&M didn't get slaughtered in their last outing, by the way. 
So there's that. So you put into the mix, you weigh heavily uh, the more recent events is what you're saying. I think if you're going to put Clemson into the playoffs, you can't put Notre Dame in because why are we letting them play again potentially? It just doesn't make any sense. That's that's my issue with it is that these two teams just played. If we're, if there's a playoff system, this ought to be a playoff. Then game. that was a first round game. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I'll play devil's advocate real quick and 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 say. Should Texas A&M beating Tennessee be a prelude to a playoff spot? Had had the Southeastern Conference been smart, they would have nixed Tennessee and put Georgia in that game. They'd have had Texas A&M play Georgia. I saw that. I, I think you posted that yesterday on Twitter. Cecil that, Hurt. That, oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. That That's what they lot. should have done. Yeah, that would and that would have given Texas A&M a much more impressive – or a chance for a much more impressive victory than, than the one that they got Saturday. Correct. Now, so. Notre Dame isn't even the the most egregious because Ohio State <laughs> has no business being hmm. in this playoff. None whatsoever. No business. After one, their abysmal performance on – Saturday against Northwestern, who I don't think is very good, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. You're talking about you're going to put Ohio State in who won six ball games, beat two teams with winning records, and those two teams with winning records beat a combined one team with a winning record? So it makes no sense to me. that Ohio State has no business near the playoffs. In 2020, this was the year. Put a G5 team in. Heck, put two of them in. I don't care. I would have had Clemson or Alabama, Clemson, A&M, Cincinnati. What do you guys? What would you have had? You know, I I don't know. Uh, past Alabama, Clemson, <laughs> I. I, I I don't think I would have had Ohio State Notre Dame in, but I don't know who I would have had in. I think I would have had Texas A&M in. I don't know who that number four team would have been. Um, Why not nine and zero Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean they make they have as good an argument as anybody. I think. Why not eleven and zero Coastal Carolina, who has th- two top twenty five wins, including one over a team who's ranked sixth in the country, or beat a team that was ranked sixth in the country. Iowa State's ranked number six. Coastal Carolina's ranked number 11th. They have a common opponent, and Coastal beat that common opponent. Iowa State lost to them. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah. If this year if this year doesn't get the college football playoff process looked at, I don't know what will. Trash can juice, the whole process. Bring, bring back the it. BCS. Bring there back the BCS. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk to Chip Walters. We'll see what he thinks about it. Who knows? <laughs> Man, Chip Walters brought to you by the loss of Blake Kelly on the other side of the break. It's top of the hour, 10 o'clock here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, and my blood pressure is high. Stay tuned. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, 
custom stone handlers, covenant technology, by design cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, along with Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. It's a beautiful Monday morning here, six minutes past the 10 o'clock hour in Columbia, Tennessee. And typically we would have um, Chip Walters on. At this moment, but unfortunately, he is unavailable at the moment. Not a big deal, as we still have plenty of things we can talk about. And I can continue my rant about the trash can juice of uh, college football playoffs. Right, as I thought we were getting your blood pressure back under control. <laughs> Probably not. I, you know, it's, it's it's ridiculous. JP, who would you have had? We didn't get a chance to get to you. Uh, you know. I, obviously, Alabama and um, and Clemson, and I think Texas A and M should be in there. And then the question for me would be Notre Dame or Ohio State, and it's just a matter of you know the the committee. You know, I was I'm I'm looking at their official website, and I was trying to find what you know they're charged with. Officially, they're charged with. Um, and it says every game counts. That's the first. When, it, when you go to well, the about page, the college football mm. playoff determines the national championship of the top division of college football. The format fits within the academic calendar, preserves sports unique and compelling regular season, blah, blah, blah. All right. The selection committee, it says they rank the teams based on the committee's members' evaluation of the team's performance on the field using conference championships one, strength of mm. schedule, head-to-head results in comparison of results against common opponents to decide among teams that are comparable. Now, based on that, um, if since Ohio State has been in the top four all season with the college football playoff committee, they have deemed them worthy of that recognition all season long, and their play on the field has not... um, swayed from that being the case if you feel that despite their lack of games played they are one of the best four teams so and you couple that with the conference championship I think that gives them the edge over Notre Dame so based on all of that I would have Ohio State at three Texas A&M at four now that gets into the rematch with Alabama and A&M so, might you put Texas A&M in the three spot, Ohio State, keep them at four. But that would be an interesting dichotomy to jump Texas A&M over Ohio State for beating Tennessee, and Ohio State wins their conference championship game. Okay, so based on what you just told me, we can confirm that the college football committee is full of crap. Because 
It takes they no. Hit, they didn't hit any of those. Well, the one that we can absolutely 100% tell them they're full of crap on is Iowa State Coastal Carolina. Head to head? It's not head to head, but it's a common opponent. Right, one right. beat them, one lost. And, and one didn't just lose. One lost by 24 at home. Mm-hmm. So 11-0 Coastal Carolina is ranked 12th. Iowa State is ranked 10th at 8-3. and Coastal Carolina literally scheduled the most difficult opponent they could possibly schedule three days out and still won the game. A ranked opponent. So essentially, what I'm hearing is we need to expand the playoffs, but here's why. I know I know we've talked about how diff, you know how well, after one, two, and maybe three, it usually drops off. Well, the reason is because college football is a rich get richer scenario. Part of the reason for that is because of the four-team playoff. By expanding the playoff, you allow recruits to say, you know what, I don't have to go to Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State to play for a national championship. I could possibly go to these other schools, Indiana, Georgia, whatever, and now I have a chance to play. Even Cincinnati, if you're, if you're going to allow the group of five in. I can play for a national championship anywhere I go because the playoffs are expanded. I don't think there's any way you expand to eight without assuring a G5 spot. Oh, you oh yeah, you, you have to. And I don't think they should be relegated to the eighth spot. To the eighth spot. Nope. Because right now you can't tell me that Cincinnati has not done more than – Ohio State, even. Well, I you mean, know, they I, went to, they went to the post fifty percent more times than Ohio State did, and and folks will say that's that's not Ohio State's fault. No, it's not Ohio State's fault. But still, Cincinnati shouldn't be penalized for going more. Exactly. So they had they had more opportunities to lose, and didn't, and they. And they beat a lot more teams with winning records. <laughs> so, anyway, we can just say, based on the Iowa State Coastal Carolina ranking, that the college football playoff committee is full of crap. That's all I'm saying. Now, I understand they, they are charged with the four best teams. Is Ohio State one of the four best teams in the country? Probably. But yeah. I'm not sure that that's because they're one. I don't of know the if they've proven that. And and exactly. I mean, if we're going by eye tests, then again, I come back to Texas A&M. Well, that that goes back to the argument of what you know. Part of the problem with the playoff committee, in my opinion, is how they uh, define their rationale of why they have teams where they are. Uh, it kind of gets you into a spin cycle uh, that doesn't go anywhere, and. You know, if it's just the four best teams of who you think is the four best teams, now here are some of the parameters to help define that. But if you just believe that Ohio State is one of the four best teams, um, then put them in there. And and I think that they do. And, you know, before this season started, and if they'd played a full season, Ohio State was up there. And, you know, who knows what could have happened. But uh, 
they were already in that conversation, and as soon as they started playing, if you remember, once the Big Ten announced that they were playing games, Ohio State immediately in the next poll uh, was ranked number two, I think. Uh, at least maybe three, not the college football playoff because that hadn't come out yet, but they were already assumed to be one of those top four. They didn't lose. They won their championship, and thus they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, which is a bigger draw for ratings, Notre Dame, Texas A&M? You got I mean, come on. It's, these are That's humans, the bottom line. These are humans making these decisions. Um, and, you know, you could go around and around Notre Dame, Texas A&M, um, you know, t- Notre Dame played 11 games. Texas A&M only played nine. Notre Dame made it to a conference championship. Um, Texas A&M did not. Um, but Texas A&M would have had they had the ACC's uh, if format. Was the two best, that's correct. Which I, which I think. Although, if, if we're going to talk about the if, – if this year's – if this year's bullet point is that Notre Dame made its conference championship game, then <laughs> – these years when Notre Dame doesn't play a conference schedule and doesn't play in a conference championship game, then I'm going to remind you of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, well, I'm just saying. Me it, personally, it, but yes. Uh, yes, well, the yeah. committee. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I just, you know, it's it was they, – they laid out the rankings all season long once they began the playoff rankings to set up these teams – and they positioned them accordingly, so this could be the outcome. Um, that is the correct. That's the correct thing. I, that, I that's and, where and, it all comes back to. And the point that nobody is making is because Clemson's number two, you had to make Notre Dame number four so that they don't have a rematch in the semifinal, even though – you know, Notre Dame is probably ahead of Ohio State in all in all truthfulness. That's correct. They they would have been, yes. I mean, if if we're talking between the two, yes. I think Notre Dame would have to be ranked ahead of Ohio State. But again, But you couldn't rank them ahead of Ohio State because that would put two versus three in the semifinals. Let's see if uh Let's just look at uh, the BCS. All right. Are they still doing it? Somebody still. (laughs) The BCS has Texas A&M as one whatever is past thousandth on the decimal point scale. Mm -hmm. Better than Notre Dame. So what is the BCS's top four? Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M. Guess who's number six? Cincinnati. Who's five? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And where does where do Florida and Oklahoma lie in that? Uh, that doesn't go past six. Okay. Mm. I, so I, we don't know where Coastal is either, then, huh? Correct. But, of course, the BCS um, designed for the top two. As of – so, before the playoff, before the championship games, Coastal Carolina was was 10th. Hmm. So, there you go. I, again, 
this just goes to prove that. And where do they have Iowa State, or do they? I, I, they don't. The they only go to six. So before the before that, Iowa State was number nine. Okay, so right there with Coastal. Which, again, that makes no sense to me. But, and that's that was one of the things that was wrong with the BCS. You know, they didn't take into account common opponents. But if the playoff committee is also not going to take into account common opponents, then uh, what are we doing here? I guess that's my biggest concern. Is one of the reasons we got rid of the the computer was to sure up some of those things. And supposedly and and here we are not shoring up those things when the committee the committee leader essentially said we thought Ohio State was better or Iowa State was better. But at least that's what they said. At least they didn't give some stupid answer about how their strength of schedule was this 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 and this. At least they at least they came out and said, "Well, we just thought they were better." And 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 that's that's fair to them to say that. If that is the case, then why even play the games? If the committee <laughs> is just going to rank teams what they who they think you know, <laughs> on a in a hypothetical neutral field, you know, who might win, then why play these games? Then you know, let me let me go back to the. Um, uh, the college football playoff, the very first subheading on the about page, every game counts. <laughs> okay? That's their subheading. Clearly it doesn't. And if they're just going to rank teams based on who they think might win on a neutral field in a hypothetical situation, why play the games? That's a great question. You play That's to win the game. You That's play to win the game. <laughs> number 19, Louisiana Lafayette, 31, Ohio State – or Iowa State, 14, in Ames, in Ames, Iowa. In Ames. So – That was the opening weekend, though. Okay. <laughs> Coastal Carolina, 30, Louisiana Lafayette, 27, in Lafayette. But Coastal Carolina's ranked 12th, Iowa State's ranked 10th. Here's here's the issue that I think I'm that I've seen really play out this year is this committee is too similar to what the March Madness committee and how they select teams. Mm. There's a little mm-hmm. more um, I don't know what the word is, but uh, a little more flexibility with you know it's 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 kind of you know a gut feeling with with March Madness. Now you've got 68 teams to play with. And you're seeding people, and and so, but this, f- football with four teams is completely different, and and I think they have fallen into that mix a little too much this year, uh, in my opinion. And you know, it is, you know, 2020 has a lot of different factors, uh, and I think they have used COVID as a reason to, you know, probably subconsciously do this. I don't know if there was a necessarily concerted effort to. Make although you could argue against that because, um, as I mentioned earlier, they they place these teams all season to 
put them in a position for this last week to be in this situation. I mean, that's why they had Iowa State so high. I mean, what if Iowa State had beaten Oklahoma? Yeah, and, and, and that's why Florida mm. was ranked seventh. Because uh-huh. what if Florida had beaten Alabama? Yep. What if they throw a Hail Mary on that last exactly. play of the game and win yep. the game? Uh-huh. Then what do you do? <laughs> so, I mean, that's a, that's a problem. It feels like the whole process is being manipulated. It, it's 100% being manipulated, and that's a problem. Yeah. Well, hopefully there'll be enough outcry to force change. From who? Who's gonna who who would matter? The enough? the out the the outcry doesn't offset the money. Oh, that's correct. That's correct. And the really the only entity that would I think have a say so or that could come to the table and demand change is ESPN. And you look at those four teams that are playing in the final four, you think they're complaining that they've nope. got Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Nope. Are there any so, four bigger brands in college football than those four right now? Right now, no. I mean, they, not not just because of they're the top four, but you know, the last recent history, the last five years, are there any bigger names? I mean, no. Oklahoma may be in there. I mean, I mean, under you know, going back historically, you know, USC and Texas might be in there, but right now, not no. recently, yeah, no, no. So. Hypothetically, what if there was a G five fourteen playoff? Would you Would you watch it? Absolutely. Yeah, that would be yeah. fun. Cincinnati be Coastal, San Jose State, and who? But yeah, BYU maybe. Yeah. Uh, based on the rankings, yeah. Um, let, let me just real quick because I got it pulled up the college football rankings. The group of five: Cincy at eight. Coastal at 12, you've got BYU at 16, and then Louisiana at 19. Now, because they didn't play Coastal, you know, you could argue They San were supposed Jose to play State, a championship game. Yeah. You could argue San Jose should go in there. But um, Tulsa is at 24 as well, and they nearly beat Cincinnati. It took a last-second field goal. So you could argue they might be in the playoff. I would I would allow BYU to be in it because I, they played I'd on the I'd watch in three Cincinnati. games. I'd watch Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be Make a that lot happen. of fun to watch. Make that happen. I mean, if, we're, Make if, that if, this, is the, if this is the way it's going to be, let's just do let's do a P5, let's do a G5, and let's go be done with it. I'll, I'll if this is the way it's going to be. Yeah, Mo, I and I think G5 would be just fine with that. Just stop right. lying to us and telling us we got a shot at the national championship. Or at the process when we don't, we'll go play our own playoff and be good. Yep. Yeah, I'd rather see that coastal Cincy game than Alabama Notre Dame. <sighs> yeah, because we know how one of them's going to turn out. Uh huh. We've seen that movie before. We know how it ends. <laughs> I mean, is there any reason? Lene Kakua dies. You know. <laughs> I mean. Jesus. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Show me the lie, guys. We got to take a quick break. It's twenty five minutes past the hour, ten o'clock. It's uh, coming up on the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we're gonna uh, just go over the bowl games that you'll see this weekend throughout the rest of the bowl season and talk about the 
SEC bowls, etc., etc. And then, of course, we'll talk about the Titans later on in the final segment of the hour. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, right after this. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo, Pat, and J.P. Plant with you here. Clayton Harris sending us a uh, a photo. Apparently, there is a fire Pruitt rally for Tennessee scheduled for Tuesday at noon <laughs> at the Rock. At the Rock. So again, you can't fire you, you can't fire him unless you've got mm. one of unless you've got three things. Either you have to have cause or you have to have a $20 million check to hand him as he walks out the door and a blank one to hire the next guy. As Wes Rucker said over the weekend, and that next guy, as you've said, Chris, needs to be one of about five guys. And I'm not exactly sure who those five guys are, but probably Urban Meyer is one of them. Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops are among those five. So. They're they're on that list, and it's a short list. I will say it, this though, you know, Jamie Chadwell is not on that list for me, and he's a great no. coach, but he's not on the list. Well, I mean, if it's not for cause, then it's got to be somebody who, you know, to my way of thinking, has put a program in a position to win a national championship. Well, I guess you could argue Jamie Chadwell has done that. But, yes, a Power 5 program. Or why not just throw John Gruden back in the mix again? No, no, no. I don't – I don't. Like I'm, I'm muted groomers. <laughs> it was the greatest coaching search of my life, though. I cannot tell you how much fun it was, even as a Tennessee fan, watching that coaching search happen. Well, that's because that was the only time Tennessee football has been relevant in the last 15 years was during that Was the coaching, coaching search? search? Yes, yes. I, absolutely. I tell you what, though, but was it fun to watch? I mean, when you talk about yes. the swings and misses that they took. Is a train wreck fun to watch? <laughs> it was a it was a ton of fun for me. I mean, as a Tennessee fan, watching the – the the plane stuff that the guy who was at the airport uh, on Periscope was absolute just gold. It it was gold, 
and we're watching that happen and then the the deflation of Greg Schiano's name <laughs> coupled with the excitement of the fact that Twitter literally killed an entire coaching hire um <laughs> And that Just, was all fan- that was all fantastic, but everything that happened afterwards, like I said, it wasn't the number good. of swings and misses, you know, that got you to cornbread, as he's well, been referred to on Twitter. And the, the thing about the thing about Jeremy Pruitt, though, is when you really when you go back and you look at it, you go, okay, this is a guy who has coached, has been a, a coordinator for two national title teams. This is a guy who has. He's been to the mountaintop. He's learned under two of the best coaches in the last 30 years of college football, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. And so I'm going to interrupt you now and say, what exactly did he learn three years in? I understand. But at the time, you have to go, okay, this is not a bad hire. This is somebody that 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 you you feel like has an opportunity as a at his first job as a head coach to to be somebody if he hires the right staff. And you can't tell me that we weren't all excited when Chris Winkie, T. Martin, et cetera, joined the staff because you're going, man, these guys are great recruiters. You are, you are absolutely right. And, and with that said, I think the next hire at the University of Tennessee needs to not be not a bad hire. That's correct. I agree with you 100. percent That's that's my point. Is that you've done the this guy has great potential and has done great things as a coordinator, as an assistant, a, or as a coordinator. I need a head coach. I I I, I need a been there, done that. I'll tell at you at a high who, level. I'll tell you who would be on that list, on that short list with Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops, and that's Bill O'Brien. But I don't think he wants. I don't think he wants to recruit. That's why he left Penn State so quick. That's understandable. So I, I don't know. It's a uh, it's a struggle, but you have to do it. I mean, you you have to if you're going to make the change, you have to go put a blank check in front of one of those guys. And that's why before. Saturday morning, I'd have told you that UT's not going to make a coaching change. Now they are, potentially, because if you can fire him for cause, and you can and you get can get of, and you can get out from under that buyout. That's it. That, if you can get out from under that buyout, what reason do you have not to fire him? That's right, and you've got a because you have twenty million dollars in front of you that you can put in front of Bob Stoops or anybody else. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, because of that potential fire for cause, do you think someone was sitting on this and waiting mm. for the right time to release it? No. They weren't <sighs> sitting on anything, but every everybody knew it was there because every school does it. This is my point. I mean, and for that sitting? reason, I, I I I don't know that sitting on it would necessarily be the right phrase, but I I do kind of feel like this is a setup. Oh, it's definitely a setup. I I'm, I'm not sure it is strictly a coincidence of the timing. Is my point. no, I don't think it is. I, I think this is a setup. 
and and I think as the next coach, I have to be <laughs> a little wary of that. You know, yeah. you guys, di- you guys did this to prove it. What are you going to do to me if I, you know, step off in the wrong direction? You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is just too in- too coincidental. It's too convenient. You know, it's it's coming from within. And like you said, everybody does it. I've got one other. Everybody does. I've it. got one other big, broad spectrum question on this topic, and then uh, you know we can certainly move on to the bowls. But do you think Tennessee, the program, has done irreparable harm for their reputation as a top program, top tier program, based on these pattern of of decisions they've made from the Shiano, the fans, the Twitter? Uh, potentially this, if if this comes to fruition and they do fire him for cause, do you think that has done irreparable harm to potential um, coaches to say, you know what, I don't, I don't, what Mo just said, I don't want to deal with with this program, and and this could be a 15, 20 more years before they build up that uh, that faith in the coaching uh, circle. This is a question I would expect from a Vanderbilt fan. Well, but what you think about it is we saw the uh, the potential response or the interest in the Vanderbilt football program, and we've seen the lack of interest in coaches the last two Tennessee uh, coaching hires. People turned them down. I'm going to steal a line from Chris. It only takes one. It only takes one. I mean, it just takes one right hire. To get Tennessee football back, I mean, they've, they've accomplished too much, to my way of thinking. Folks are going to say, well, they've only won one national championship, and that was in 98, and blah, 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 and this and that. You know. Still a top it's, it's, four team. It's, top it's, four teams in all-time wins. I mean, it's been a while, and it's been longer than anybody that's currently being recruited has been alive, but – Tennessee football still means something. And if you get the right guy, they're not that far off. I mean, under Jeremy Pruitt, they're farther off than he wants to admit. But under the right guy, they're not far off. Is Tennessee the Nebraska of the SEC? No. Listen, I I had a heated argument on Twitter about this. (laughs) Nebraska is Nebraska. Nebraska is in the middle of nowhere. You cannot recruit to Nebraska. Nebraska have you been, have be you been out there? To. Yeah, yes. I mean, you I'm cannot t- recruit to there. Period. And they don't. And they don't. They don't produce enough prospects on their own to um, to sustain a high level of com- of competitiveness. So. No, Tennessee is not the Nebraska. Knoxville is not Lincoln. Is never no- going to be Lincoln. Knoxville is not Lincoln, and a six a six hour radius of Knoxville is not a six hour radius of Lincoln. So, again, it takes one: Mike Dubose, Mike Price, Dennis Franchoni, Mike Shula. All of that turned into. What you're looking at right now. 
And so people, I don't know. Well, forget that. And I don't know how. It's short memories. Well, I, I guess. I mean, it just it, it takes one. It takes one guy to go out and sit outside of somebody's mansion, whomever it may be, and <laughs> wait them out. And, and not leave until they come out. And that's what Mal Moore did with Nick Saban. He waited until Miss Terry said, talk to the man. And here we are. So now identifying that guy. And and I don't know who in the UT brain trust is your Mal Moore. Because I don't think it's Philip Fulmer at this point. I agree. I, I think that's part of the part of the issue. It is. It is part of the issue because Pruitt was strictly his hire. There was no firm, correct? Or did they? Ha- well, I, I firms are firms are overblown anyway. Well, true, but you know, it's it's an outside entity that can somewhat part impartially look at, um, you know, look at something. This, you know, I I just wonder if this was strictly just him. I mean, does it does is there anyone around Philip Fulmer that says, you know, Phil, I don't, I don't know about this one. I don't think so. I I think Phil Fulmer is Barry Alvarez. You know, search firms call me. I I could see Fulmer making that comment. So yep. I am. Um, no, I I don't think there was a firm involved. Speaking of crazy hires, Brett Belima is the new head coach at Illinois. <laughs> Yeah. After uh, destroying Arkansas's program. So, well, it's, yeah, but it's like somebody said, um, he can coach there as a Big Ten. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. So, I think he'll anyway, well at Illinois. I think he will too. You know, it is what it is. Let's move on to the bowls because we really need to de escalate my blood pressure. We um, had. Yeah, well. <laughs> Until Tennessee's ridiculousness. But today, as you mentioned earlier, JP, at 1.30 on ESPN, Appalachian State and North Texas. That's going to be ugly. In Yeah, Appalachian State will beat the tar out of North, Te- North Texas. Zach Thomas, quarterback at Appalachian State. I covered him when he was at Hewitt Trustful High School when he was throwing to Noah Igbenogany. <laughs> By the way, excuse to get that name in. Well done. I, 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 he's just showing off the fact that he can pronounce that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Igbenogany. Yeah, it's a hey, hey dude. Dude was a, a ball player. Um, tomorrow we got a couple of games. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which is one of my favorites. Nevada and Tulane. Uh, yeah, Tulane. That should be fun. Um, Boca Raton Bowl at at the FAU. Is UCF and BYU? That probably won't be a very good game either. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, other games of note: Wednesday, Montgomery Bowl. The Montgomery Bowl is playing the the Camellia Bowl is playing, but the Birmingham Bowl has been canceled. Go figure. Uh, two bowls in Montgomery, none in Birmingham. Uh, Memphis and FAU will play at the Crampton Bowl at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Um, in that Camellia Bowl on Christmas Day, by the way, Buffalo and Marshall. Marshall, who lost in the Conference USA Championship game to UAB over the weekend. 
And in the first game of the bowl season for the SEC, speaking of UAB, the Blazers take on 2-8 and eight South Carolina down at Raymond James Stadium in the Uni- Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. What do you guys think about that? UAB Gasparilla. South Carolina. I'm interested to see what a 2-8 and eight South Carolina team is going to look like in a bowl game. Is Beamer going to coach that game, or is it going to be the no. interim coach, or how is that going to work? I'm sure it's the interim guy. I guess I don't know. I don't know that I will see a single snap in that game because at the same time that game kicks off at I presume eleven o'clock Central Time. Correct. Liberty and Coastal. Yeah. Kick off in the Cure Bowl in Orlando. That's the game we thought we were going to see following um, game day mm-hmm. out in Coastal, but we get that one in the. Camping World Stadium Cure Bowl. That'll be fun. So, yeah, I, I will probably be watching that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, a game other, that nobody, in a game that nobody's going to watch on that, that same day, that Saturday after Christmas, Louisiana and Texas San Antonio, who wants to? Are you sure it's UTSA, not UTEP? No. Just making sure. I, I see what you did there. No, it. The military bowl has been canceled, which means that Army is not going to be in a bowl game despite being nine and two on the year. That kind of stinks. By the way, if two and eight South Carolina can go, how come nine and two Army can't play in a bowl? I saw a tweet last night that Army is going to be some bowls emergent breaking plates of um, emergency. Yeah. Team and getting ready for Army on three days' notice. It's going to be a nightmare for somebody. (laughs) Um, December 29th, we get the first bowl between two ranked teams as Miami and Oklahoma State play in the Cheez-It Bowl down in Orlando. That'll be a a good game. That'll be fun to watch. Oklahoma State spelled O-K-L-A, not O-A-K-L-A. Would that be the Jimmy Johnson Bowl? Oklahoma State, Miami? Oh, yes. The Jimmy Johnson Bowl. (laughs) Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, Iowa and Missouri in the Music City Bowl at 3 p.m. at Nissan Stadium. So, Iowa, Missouri. Uh, I was ranked 15th, guys. I think Missouri wins that game. The same Missouri that just lost to Mississippi State by 19? Yeah. Because I think they're going to outscore Iowa pretty pretty heavily. Uh, The Cotton Bowl is um, on December 30th. At 7 p.m., Oklahoma, Florida. Thoughts? I think that'll be a fun ball game. That'll be a. I, I think track it depends game. on. I think it depends on which Spencer Rattler shows up. I don't, I don't disagree if, with that. If 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 Oklahoma can protect him long enough for him to throw the ball downfield, it could be a track meet. If Florida's defensive line um, can get to him, then it could be a long day for the Sooners. And Mississippi State, they take on Tulsa in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. Um, Tennessee, West Virginia in the Liberty Bowl. I saw a great TikTok this morning. It was like um, is a, a guy acting as Tennessee, and he says, oh, finally the season's over. And the mm. SEC guy with a clipboard says, no, I got you playing here. Looks like the, the, the Liberty Bowl. He goes, a bowl of what? 
<laughs> a what? A bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they will take on West Virginia, um, TCU and Arkansas in the Texas Bowl, like we talked about, uh, Cincinnati, Georgia in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Northwestern and Auburn in the v, in the Verbo Citrus Bowl. That'll be a good one. Interesting VRBO. Uh, it's Verbo. It go, is Verbo. Go watch, go watch their commercials. Oh, good uh, lord, he, no! Yeah, it's actually pronounced Verb. It's ridiculous. Mm, what, mm, Sarah mm. said the same thing. She goes, "What? It, it's actually pronounced as a word? Yes, it's pronounced as a word. It's the Verbo." <laughs> um, and then Alabama, Notre Dame, obviously, and Clemson, Ohio State. So North Carolina State, Kentucky, and Jan- on January second, Ole Miss plays Indiana. That'll be interesting. And Texas A&M gets North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. So there you go. It's going to be a fun bowl season, folks. We just got a text from Chip Walters. He's available. We'll bring him in, get his thoughts on MTSU basketball, and I'm sure he probably watched the Titans too, so we'll talk about them as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today for our final segment of the day. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, as the Christmas music tradition continues there with a little Chuck Berry. Uh, we are finally joined by our friend Chip Walters on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by the law office of Blake Kelly. He is... Available by phone at 615-305-4539 or just find him on Facebook or Instagram. He'll be happy to help you out there. Um, And we appreciate Chip joining us this morning. What's going on, man? You emphasize the finally, but that's not (laughs) what I'm saying. Well, it's only 52 minutes late, but that's okay. Uh, It's not, you know. It's within that 10 o'clock hour. Better late than never. Right. That's right. It's in the 10 o'clock hour and better late than never. So, hey, I heard <laughs> Run Run Rudolph. So what, what, are, what are y'all three? Appreciate you reaching back out Christmas to us. So we'll tell you about that tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Hey, you'll have to check in tomorrow. Tomorrow's oh, Top 5 Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I'll have to I'll text Mo. Uh, mine, it, mine's a little obscure, but it's a good one. You'll have to listen to it. As... <laughs> 
<laughs> I won't, I won't yeah, tell you text that to us. We'll mention it tomorrow. Okay. Good deal. I'll do that. So, Chip. Hello. Um, yeah. Hey, are you there? Hello? I am here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good. Thought we lost you. <laughs> um, I know you didn't necessarily work this game yesterday, but a big win for the Lady Raiders against um, Lipscomb. Yeah, team, uh, you know, they've, they've had a little bit similar recipe the last two games that they've won. They've come out and started well. Uh, and and uh, and also, uh, Annie Hayes has, has played extremely well in both games. And in middle against Troy and then against Lipscomb, and Lipscomb yesterday came out, had a nine-point lead at the half, came back out, and uh, just and, and kind of just continued, you know, business as usual, uh, or and just extended that lead on out to what ended up being uh, a twenty-point victory. And you know, there, you're starting to see a lot of the new pieces uh, on this team uh, come together. Uh, the, the young lady from Russia really starting to see her play. Uh, Anastasia Hayes has kind of put the, you know, put it all on, on her shoulders right now. Her sister, Aislinn, has been out, uh, for medical reasons. And, uh, so, it, you know, she's kind of had to run the point, uh, take on the scoring load. You know, and it, it's really interesting. She's been so dominant here in the first, uh, two or three weeks of the season that last week she was Conference USA Player of the Week. Went and on a week where they went zero and two. Now <laughs> she's had an almost equal uh, good week this week, and uh, just kind of waiting on the on the email from from the conference office to to see if, if she's going to pick up her third conference USA Player of the Week honor in the young season. So we'll find that out later today. Goodness, that's crazy. Um, meanwhile, on the men's side, um, what was supposed to be the final series before. Conference USA play started, wound up not being for the men. Two games against Bellarmine wiped out. Yeah, you had you had a, a couple of, and I'll tell you, Mo, being around this now for, you know, dealing with teams with this since August and with testing and contact tracing, uh, I'll tell folks it's not it's not the number of cases you have. What what wipes you out is contact tracing. Now, for instance, middle basketball, they have basically their entire team lives in about four apartments. Mm. Okay, like four four bedroom apartments. So, let's say somebody in apartment A has a positive. Well, that automatically knocks out three other guys. So. Uh, you know, so then you, and if you get a couple that are, and they just happen to live in different ones, well, you've got, <laughs> you know, you've got that contact tracing. You also look back, okay, what about in practice uh, and in and in games? You know, because they tested on Thursday morning and had a, a couple come back. Well, they look back the previous forty eight hours. Okay, you had a. You had a practice on a Tuesday. You had a shoot-around on a Wednesday, a game on a Wednesday, and a practice on a Thursday So before the results came back. So, you know, 
you have to add up all that time. Where, 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 where were you in close contact during that amount of time? And on a basketball team with, you know, practices and all that, when you start adding up the amount of time that you are in close contact with X person, then it becomes a real issue. And, uh, and then you, you know, not to mention, okay, how do you spread people out far enough on buses, things like that, if you're doing any traveling? So it, it's, uh, you know, they had not had any real issues up until that. And uh, you're right, I talked to Coach McDevitt yesterday, and he's disappointed because he, he and uh, Scotty Davenport, the coach at Bellarmine, were really both looking forward to playing uh, a back-to-back series because both leagues, Conference USA and now Bellarmine's in in the in the in the uh, Atlantic Sun. They uh, both leagues are going to be playing these back-to-back series on the weekend. So uh, they were looking forward to kind of having a trial run of that before they open up things in uh, on the New Year's weekend. It's uh, it's going to be a struggle to get all of these games in chip, but. You get in what you can, right? That's right. That's right. And by the way, congratulations to your Blazers. And can you believe that the bowl season starts today? We're so excited. I mean, we're we're getting off here. We're going to eat some lunch and then watch some football. There you go. North Texas and uh, Happy State this afternoon, right? Yeah, it's exactly right. And it's going to be a lot of fun at one thirty on ESPN. So. Chip, thanks for joining us, man. Sorry it was so short this time, but we'll get to you next Monday for sure. Have a Merry Christmas, man. You too, all of you. Thank you, sir. Chip Walters brought to you by the loss of Blake Kelly, 615-305-4539, or find him on Facebook and Instagram. We're getting out of here quick today, but we appreciate you guys listening. Find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everything else. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning at 9 a.m.